Welcome to the Everything Early Childhood podcast designed for approved providers, nominated supervisors and other childcare leaders. This fun, lighthearted and very serious podcast features weekly episodes on strategy, advice and conversations with fascinating and inspiring people from across our sector. Join the journey and have access to the tools and inspiration you need to create high-performing childcare businesses. Let's get started. Hello, friends. It's Lisa Brown here, the founder of Platinum Education, and I love coming to you each and every week to share some amazing insights um, and pretty much what's going on in my brain or having interviews with amazing people from our sector. Today is a solo episode, um, so I hope all of you out there are having an amazing week wherever you are, and I do love coming to you um, each and every week to share some insights. And today's topic, um, I just felt a really big push to share this. I'm not sure who needs to hear it out there at the moment, but I felt like it was time to just share something about leadership, about um, intuition, about trusting yourself and let's build up that awareness and that confidence within ourselves that we can do it and when times get tough, how to push through. So as a leader, the hard, one of the hardest things to do is to know what you what you want. You are the navigator. You are, and there's many contentions around, like I shared this recently um, in one of our workshops around the ship. So if you if you look at a ship as an analogy and look at all the different roles on a ship, like you've got stewards, you've got um, the captain, you've got a navigator, you've got the chef, you've got, um, let's say, the passengers. And if we really look at it, the leaders in our organisations, what are their roles? And I think it makes so much more sense when we put a bit of definition around what is the leader's role and what do, like what is the purpose of them within an organization often we can have leaders that come into organizations that can be the visionary the person that has you know the vision for the future of the organization other people can just be a dictator and want to are good at sort of delegating and having people do what they need to do Others, when we struggle with control, tend to hold back and they don't tend to share or delegate with others or, you know, really allow others to shine in their roles. So if we go back to our ship analogy, there was always contention and there's always pretty like half-half in groups that we talk to, whether they think, you know, is the role of a leader or a director of an organisation, is their role to be the captain or is their role to be the navigator? So let me know, what do you think, the captain or the navigator? Now, in my opinion, I feel like the director is really the navigator. They're helping people to go in in a certain direction. But in order to go in a certain direction, we need to know which direction we're going in. So how do we make those decisions? How do we decide? There's so many different um, routes and pathways. And, um, you know, when we do our treasure map, there's so many different, um, you know, I just see the dotted line, you know, working towards the X on the map. There's so many different pathways that you can take. So how do you decide which way to go? And what do you do if your team or people on your team are not willing to come on board with you to follow that direction or, you know, for you to be the navigator and to go in a certain um, direction? So really, it's just about 
um, working out, the first step is working out where you want to go. So that's the first step. Now, there are going to be times when people around you will not agree with you at all. And when you have one of these, it's really, really easy to give in because usually they're the loudest voice in the room and they might be the captain. So it might be someone above you in your organization who really just thinks, no, no, it hasn't worked before. We've tried that. It hasn't worked. And it's really important to come back and say, you know, I really feel I've done my homework. I really feel this is going to work. So it's really important to surround yourself with people and who have different opinions. And when you surround yourself with different people that have different opinions, because that's the beautiful and amazing thing about our organization and our sector is that every single person has a different opinion. Every single person has an identity. Every single person is an individual. So every single person will have a different opinion. So, and in these cases, it's more common that you'll have people who will stand up and not agree with what you have to say. Now, I really stand for it. I think it's really important to surround yourself with people that have their own opinion and not yes people. But when you have one person and you get them on board and you get them over the line with your idea, that's it. So, it's about taking each person learning their styles and showing them and demonstrating that what you what you vision because sometimes when you articulate your vision or the direction that you want to go in people don't get it they don't understand it they can't see it the way you can so it's important to paint that out for them and paint that picture about what it is that you really want to um, show them or the direction that you really want to go in. So whether that's visuals and you draw them pictures and diagrams, um, whether that's actually like doing a video, whether that's doing a mock-up or a proposal um, so that they can see it, whether it's doing an example. So sometimes people need to see those examples to see exactly what it's like um, or perhaps it's actually hands-on. So you might be a role model and you might mentor them by showing them hands-on and letting them have a turn with what that's going to look like. But you've got your other people who need to see all the data, all the statistics. Um, So I don't know if you've ever heard of um, left brain, right brain, and I'll put a visual up for you. But, you know, one side of our brain is very data, analytical. Um, They want to know all the information. And then the other side of our brain is really visual. So they want to be able to see it. They want to be able for you to paint them a picture of what it's going to look like. How is it going to make people feel? Whereas the the other side of the brain is like, okay, what would the outcome be from that? Very factual, very logical. Whereas the other side of the brain is very visual and very creative. So they're able to paint that picture. So with all the people in our organization, it's important to make sure that we um, are meeting all of our different people's brains, people, the way we're structured, the way we learn um, and get them on board with your idea. Now, sometimes no one is going to believe in you and you will have these moments where you are convinced that your idea is going to work, but you'll have no one believe in your idea. Now, in these moments, it's so crucial to listen to yourself and your own instincts and go after what you want. So this can be in life and this can be in business. Now, sometimes, well, all the time, someone needs to go first. Someone needs to be first. 
Because what happens if nobody was prepared to be first or go after an idea, then nothing new would happen and nothing amazing. Everyone would just be. So it's really important that you try and if you feel really strongly about an idea, then get it, try to get everyone on board. But sometimes as a leader, you need to go first and you need to be the first and show everyone what it's like so that then they can come on board and practice. Now, instead of waiting for someone to back you, back yourself. So this is what today's episode is all about. It's all about following your own intuition and instincts and whether you believe in or what, what you know what word you use to describe it whether it's um, you know God the universe um, you know the eternal being whatever we don't really know where instincts come from but I'm a really big believer in that we are where we are supposed to be and that these ideas and these um, feelings inside of us I, I usually for me it's in like the real pit of my stomach like you just feel it Um, and feel that intuition and instinct you're like yes something inside of me is saying we have to do this like today's episode I don't know who needs to hear this today but this is what's happening so and it's really about cultivating and trusting that intuition so how do we do it so here are some steps to help you follow your instincts So the first one is to cultivate self-awareness. So you want to develop a sense of self-awareness by understanding your values, your strengths, your own weaknesses and your passions. So this awareness will provide a foundation for recognizing and trusting your instincts. You want to make sure that you reflect on your past experiences. Take time to reflect on situations where you followed your instincts previously and what were the outcomes that resulted. You want to assess with decisions, which decisions were successful and which ones weren't. And this reflection will help you refine your intuition and learn from previous experiences. We want to make sure that we tune into our body and our emotions. We want to pay particular attention to our physical and our emotional reactions in different situations. We want to notice how our body and emotions respond when something feels right or when something feels wrong. So these cues can be a massive guide and provide such valuable insights into our own instincts. We want to make sure we gather information. So it's not just like, yeah, we feel this, we're going to do this. It's about gathering information and expertise. So while instincts can be so powerful, it's really important to gather relevant information and expertise to inform your decisions. So we want to seek out the knowledge and we want to seek that out from trusted sources, experienced individuals in the field, um, and this will provide a well-rounded perspective that can complement your own instincts and I love to do this I love to speak to many many different people get many many different um, you know perspectives and opinions but then once I've got all of that information and expertise I will then listen to myself listen to my instincts and it takes so much practice to really refine okay what's an instinct what's coming from an instinctual perspective is it coming from a place of fear is it coming from like where is it coming from and there is really no explanation as to where it's coming from except that I do believe that with the right questions, we all have the answers inside of us. 
So once we gather all of that information and we've got that well-rounded perspective, it can really complement the decision that you're making and your instincts that you have. You want to make sure it's really important to practice mindfulness and meditation. Um, I am not a preacher of this right now. I'm not in a very good routine with mindfulness and meditation. But for me, um, podcasts and just zoning out, going on drives, um, you know, that really is, I guess, my mindfulness and meditation. And it can look however you want it to look. My meditation or mindfulness can be walking. It can be um, swimming. It can be any type of activity. So p- learning the piano at the moment is sort of like my mindfulness because I can't focus on anything else. I have to concentrate on learning and, and playing. So therefore my mind, it's so weird, mindfulness, but my mind is empty um, because I can't think about anything else. So it's my quiet time. But often we find that our best ideas and the best time for our intuition, if you are, because what happens is we, we just do, we do, 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 and fill our lives with so many things that we don't give ourselves the opportunity to have that quiet where we can actually listen to what our intuition is telling us. So find moments of quiet where your intuition, where you can listen to it, where you can hear it. So often when I speak to people, the main messages come to them either when they're on the toilet um, or when they're showering because those are the only times that's for some reason as humans that we allow ourselves to have that quiet and silence to be able to hear what our intuition is telling us. So practices such as mindfulness or meditation can really help you connect with your inner self and the practices can help you clear all of that mental clutter and strengthen your ability to listen to your instincts without the noise of external influences. So we want to start with low risk decisions. So, and it's all about practice. Anything that you do for the first time, it's about building that muscle. So I don't know why I always use a gym analogy. I don't go to the gym, Um, but you know, like you've got to keep building that muscle over and over and over again for it to get stronger. So it's exactly the same with this. We've got to build that decision-making, that listening to our instincts in order to make the decision. So it's all about practice and consistency. So if we begin by following our instincts in situations with low stakes, where the potential consequences are minimal, this will result um, or will allow you to build confidence in your instincts and observe the results. So as we start to see those results coming into effect and we're like, oh, it actually did work. Oh, wow, great. This was actually a good outcome. Or even if it was just a, an outcome or other good things, you know, like the domino effect. Um, actually, fun fact about dominoes, a domino can knock over. I think it's 1.5 its own size. So I was playing around with doing an episode on dominoes and how when you put them in a row, obviously we know they fall over. But the, I watched this video and I'll share it with you. It's like, I don't know what it has to do with this podcast, but whatever. Um, it's like 10 dominoes and like the, the there's like this little tiny 0.5 millimeter domino that starts it. And number 10 domino all the way at the end is like 1.5 meters high. And so it, it just has that, I think it's all about impact, right? So it has that impact that even this tiniest little domino at the start can create that inertia and create that momentum in order to get things rolling along. So they said in these 10 dominoes that if they had have continued the dominoes, the last domino, let's say they went to 100 dominoes, um, the last domino in the effect would be a building. Isn't that insane? 
like just a little tiny domino right at the start but that is the um it does have a word what is the word it's like the catalyst like it's like that is the start and everything has to start somewhere but the most important thing once we start to listen once we practice having those quiet moments and quiet times is really just to trust yourself Trusting your instincts requires you to have self-belief and confidence. We need to understand that our instincts are based on our accumulated knowledge, experiences and intuition. It's so hard because we need to have faith in our abilities and be willing to take calculated risk based on our gut feelings. And it's just been coming up over and over again. Like, this is what my gut is telling me. I trusted my gut. I'm practicing listening to my gut and what it is telling me. It's time. It's time to start that momentum. It's time to stop. It's time to pause. And really in these times, so start with the low risk um, decisions. But once it gets really high, the most important thing that you can do in a day is find five, 10, 15 minutes and if you have an apple watch it will remind you to take those moments just to breathe so really take those moments in to stop to quieten down and listen listen to your gut listen to your instincts with what they're telling you um, especially around um, an important decision now we want to embrace so obviously we've got to trust and have faith now, trust and faith, um, love is also one of these things. It's something that we will never be able to see. It's something we'll never be able to hold. It's something we can only feel. So for some people, and even for myself, I found it really challenging to dive in and just have faith. Have faith that it's going to work out. Have faith that you're going to be okay. Have faith that no matter what decision is made, regardless of if it goes well or if it doesn't, you are the person that needs to deal with the um, ramifications of what the outcome will be based on your decision. So we need to be willing to embrace our failures as learning opportunities because we are only human. We're all human. So regardless of if you make decision A or decision B, there will be some type of reaction that will happen from making that decision. Regardless, we need to embrace whatever that is as a learning opportunity. So we need to recognize that following our instincts doesn't guarantee success every single time. There will be instances where your instinct may lead you astray. Treat failures as learning opportunities rather than setbacks and use them to refine and improve your instincts over time. Like I was listening to another podcast this morning and it was about creating values in your organization, but not so much those value statements that we have up on the wall, like believe, trust, um, empower, you know, it was more like, what does that actually look like in our organization? And in fact, next week, I'm going to do a podcast all about building your philosophy because I think philosophies are such important documents. It's like the most important document that we have in our organization and we want to make sure it's unique. We want to make sure that it paints a full picture of who we are, what we believe, and when you step foot in here, this is what to what you would expect and what you will experience. So, but when it comes to 
your instincts and when it comes to refining that picture and really going back to that values like in the podcast he was talking about that one of their values was we care about each other so regardless of if you fail or succeed depending on like what even your definition of failure and success are because they're different for every single person is to be fair, I love when I fail. I love when things don't go according to plan because it is a chance to have that learning opportunity. And on the flip side of that, by somebody else stepping into something that somebody else feels so passionate about following, often we're stopping that person in their tracks from having that learning opportunity. So it's really important to support them and ask them how they want to be supported in that and let them fail. Celebrate failure, whether it's with children, whether it's with your team, whether it's with your family. Celebrate failure because you know what? If you're failing, it means you're trying. And celebrate those setbacks. But at the same time, refine them talk about them, reflect on them. How can we improve? What didn't go well? How can we improve next time? Then the next one is seek feedback and evaluate your outcomes. So, you know, yeah, okay, we're embracing the failure, these learning opportunities that have come up. But then you know what? We're going to evaluate the outcomes and we're going to learn from them next time. So we seek feedback, we evaluate the outcomes, we actively seek trusted mentors, colleagues or friends who can provide us different perspectives on the decisions. We want to evaluate the outcomes of your choices and assess how well our instincts have aligned with the results. This feedback loop will help you fine tune your instincts and decision making abilities. And then we want to Iterate and adjust. So instincts are not static. They evolve. They improve with time and experience. And we continually iterate and adjust our instincts based on new information, insights gained along the way, along your journey. It's your story. So stay open to learning and adapting your approach as needed. Now, what are three, I wanted to really delve a bit deeper into this. So we all have instincts, we all have intuition, we all have that gut feeling. And you know, the worst thing is that when something happens, you're like, damn it, I knew it. I knew that I should have done this. Why didn't you? Is my question. Why didn't you? So I really wanted to delve in and find out what are the top three reasons that people don't listen to their intuition? Now, the first one is that they doubt themselves and they lack trust. So many individuals doubt the validity and reliability of their own intuition. And I think that potentially it's more like the left brain logical thinkers that um, are more yeah well they're more logical so they they can't they don't have that rationale with understanding where that's come from but if we go back and we have faith that it's coming from somewhere like we all we're all learning we're all human beings we're all um you know fluid so we have we're always learning obtaining taking in knowledge taking in lots of feedback so if we just have faith that it's coming from somewhere and go with it, of course, gather your data, speak to people, go through those 10 steps and make sure that it's a um, educated decision, but it has to come from somewhere and you really want to listen to that. 
So in if we, when we lack trust, you might doubt and you may question whether your instincts are accurate or fear making a wrong decision. This lack of trust in their inner guidance leads people to disregard or second guess their intuitive instincts. So just remember that it's coming from somewhere. So you might have retained, we retained our subconscious brain, retained so much more information than we give it credit for. So even I believe that gut instincts or intuition is coming from some educated um, part of our brain that is storing all of this information ready to be used. And if it's something that you find often with my instincts, it'll repeat over and over and over again. And it'll be something that I just can't shake, you know, and I'll say, um, you know, I'll say, look, I, there's something in me and I just can't shake that this is what needs to happen. This is the direction. This is what I need to do. So really trust yourself and have faith. Now, the second reason that people don't listen to their intuition is social and cultural conditioning. Now, unfortunately, society and cultural norms often prioritize rationality, logic and external validation over intuition. People are conditioned to seek external approval, follow established rules and conform to societal expectations. So this conditioning can undermine their confidence in their intuition and lead them to discount or ignore their inner voice. Now, this happens to me all the time. Like, you know, especially when I said to you that you will have people, there'll be people guaranteed 100% of the time that won't believe in you, that um, want to know the data, want to know why and where you've got it from. And you just don't have that information. It's purely like, I've just got this feeling inside of me that this is what I need to be doing. This is what I need to do. Do it. Because I, when you feel this way, challenge so what when we grow up we we create all of these beliefs and all of these thoughts in our brains so whether it's from our parents whether it's from experiences that we've had throughout our life we develop these parts of our brain and these neural connections that help us to believe stories and it's so much easier and you will you will be accepted if you conform to society but i really want to encourage you to stop and ask yourself a question. Is that really what I believe? Is that really what I think? Is that really what I want to be doing? How does that feel for me? And we're going to go through a set of questions that you can ask yourself to practice listening to your intuition as well. Now, the third reason um, why people don't listen to their intuition is fear of consequences and failure. So as human beings, we all have a desire to succeed. Most people either fear failure or fear not being good enough, which is a fear of failure. So fear plays a significant role in inhibiting the willingness to listen to intuition. And people may worry about the potential negative consequences of following their instincts, such as failure, rejection, or judgment. This fear of the unknown or potential risk can prevent individuals from acting on their intuitive insights and instead opt for safer or more conventional pathways. Now, I just want to tell you that every single human being feels this, regardless of how confident they are. 
You might be an introvert. You might be an extrovert. Every single person feels failure or fears failure. So what do I do? So in times where I feel and and sometimes it is these these intuition moments. It's like, I don't know why I feel this way, but I just need to do it. I can't justify it. I don't have the reasoning behind it. It's just something that I need to do. We need to navigate potential risks and uncertainty, right? So we need to embrace it. And in these times, I really remind myself of all of these people that have come before us. And I love looking at these stories, right? So I just wanted to share some famous failures with you. Like, so, and it makes, I don't know why, but it makes me feel better. So Steve Jobs, right? A 30-year-old, um, he was left devastated and impressed after being um, un. I don't even know what that word, unceremoniously removed from the company he started. He got kicked out of Apple. He got kicked out of Apple at 30 years old. Yes, they, he had, they had come back later on, but he got kicked out of his company and look at the amazing things that he was doing. Another person, so they were fired from a newspaper from lacking imagination and having no original ideas. You know who that was? Walt Disney. Gosh, Um, another person. So he wasn't able to speak until he was almost four years old and his teachers said he would never amount to much. You know who that was? Albert Einstein. Now, Oprah Winfrey was demoted from her job as a news anchor because she wasn't fit for television. Oprah Winfrey. And then um, this is another one. So after being cut from his high school basketball team, he went home, locked himself in his room and cried. Michael Jordan. And then the Beatles, the Beatles were rejected by Decca Recording Studios who said, we don't like their sound. They have no future in show business. And there are so many stories like this. Like I look back on so many different business people, business women, businessmen, they have had so many failures before they had their success. And it reminds me of that, like, I don't know if you've seen it. I'll put it on the Facebook page. So check it out. But you know, that visual where you've got two people and they've got their, I don't know what they're called, the picks and they're picking, pick, 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 and they're going through the tunnel. So one's above, above the other. And the one at the bottom is like almost at the treasure. They're almost at the um, diamonds and they turn away and the other one just keeps going and it says never stop trying, never stop trying, never stop listening to yourself and never stop trying because you just don't know how close you are. And Thomas Edison is a really great example of this. So if you don't know Thomas Edison, um, he invented um, light bulbs. And so he said many of life's failures are people who did not realise how close they were to success when they gave up. So how close are you? I guess define what success looks like to you, but how close were you to success before you gave up? And it's just about listening to that intuition and keep on going. So he said, he goes, I've not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. And in those 10,000 ways, he created um, so many different inventions or found so many other ways and other things. 
and it wasn't even the whole purpose of what he had wanted to create. Like it wasn't the outcome he was looking for, but he found 10,000 ways that it won't work and in that process found other solutions to other problems. So keep on going, keep listening to your instincts, keep focusing on why you're doing what you're doing and keep focusing on who you are doing it for and who you are serving. So I want to leave you now. I've got a list of 10 questions. So as you know, with some of our podcasts, um, it's time to pause and get your notebook out. And today's episode is one of those. So here are 10 questions to guide you with listening to your inner thoughts, feelings, intuitions, and gaining clarity to make informed decisions. So question number one is, how do I feel about this situation? So take a moment to tune into your emotions. Do you feel excited? Do you feel anxious? Uncertain? Really pay attention to what your gut feelings and initial reactions are. Now on that note, actually, it's a really good point. Um, When you... When someone's speaking to you and you answer straight away, often that is not the response that you are, like often later on you'll go back and you'll think, oh my gosh, like why did I say yes to that? Why did I do this? So remember, there's lots of power in the pause. So in even in the situation when somebody asks you to do something or somebody asks you something to go out or to go to this event or whatever or do something for them, you don't have to answer straight away. Just say to them, oh, can I have a bit of time to have a think about it? Because often when we do just re- remember there are 90 seconds, that's it. 90 seconds is the difference between a reaction and an actual response. And as a human being, most of the time, I'd say 95% of people, their reaction is yes. Whereas sometimes, and we need to get better at saying no, because every time we say yes, we're saying no to something else. We only have a certain amount of time and it's really important that we have time to ask ourselves how we feel about a certain situation. And yes, it does serve us in some situations when we might be fearful or scared or afraid. And it's like, you know what, just say yes. Say yes, jump in, work it out later. And that is fine. But in certain situations, it's important to, you know, the power of the pause to really, really think about if it's something that you want to do. And I'm not just talking about work, I'm talking about personally as well. Number two, what is my body telling me? So really notice any physical sensations or cues that your body is giving you. Are you experiencing tension or ease? Do you feel energized or drained? Your body can provide such valuable signals that complement all of your instincts. So it's not just your instincts, it'll start to be your whole body. Number three, what values and principles are important to me in this context? So reflect on what your core values and principles are. Consider how they align with the situation at hand and what instincts often arise from a deeper understanding of what matters most to you. Remember, you have the answer inside. It's just a matter of whether you listen to it or you don't. So what values or principles are important to me? What do you need to consider here? Number four, what is my intuition telling me? So your intuition is a sense of knowing about what conscious reasoning or without conscious reasoning, you want to close your eyes. 
You want to take a deep breath and you want to ask yourself, what is my intuition telling me about this certain situation? And trust the immediate response that comes to mind. So a lot of, um, I don't even know who uses it actually. I'm just thinking like, you know, when they hold up cards and you say the first thing that comes to your mind, that's really practicing listening to your intuition because you're not thinking, you're just speaking and you're just responding. So really practicing just saying the first thing that comes to your mind. Um, Number five is what can I learn from past experiences? So this is your opportunity to recall similar situations from your past, reflect on how you navigated them and how what the outcomes that resulted. So consider the lessons you learned and apply that knowledge to your current situation. Number six is what are your potential risks and rewards? So assess the potential risks and rewards associated with your decision. Evaluate the potential benefits and drawbacks based on your instincts and weigh them out against each other. I always ask the question, what's the worst that could happen? Like what is the actual worst that can happen? Like if I delay and decide between A and B, You can map out both pathways if you like, but what is the actual worst thing that can happen? So which brings us to number six, what are the potential risks and rewards? So assess the potential risks and rewards associated with your decision. Evaluate the potential benefits and also the drawbacks based on your instincts and weigh them against each other. Number seven, Are there any red flags or warning signs? So listen closely to any inner red flags or warning signs that may be signaling you caution. Instincts can also manifest in a sense of unease or a feeling that something isn't quite right. So with our instincts, they can tell us to either go for it or potentially hold back or make a change. So are there any warning signs or red flags? Number eight, Have I gathered enough information and expertise? So again, like earlier, I said that part of my decision-making process is to get opinions um, from many, many different people and different perspectives before I make a big, and this is only big decisions. Um, So we want to consider whether you have collected sufficient information and sought the advice of experts or trusted individuals. Balancing your instincts with knowledge and expertise can provide more comprehensive perspective. And if I'm honest with you, really all it does is just help you to have confidence that it might work. (laughs) So whether you need to do that, that's fine, but just trust yourself. Nine, what is my long-term vision or goal? This is a really good question because I think it's with anything in life, we really need to think about what action or what am I doing to inch me closer to my goal or my vision? So they recommend that half an hour every day is spent working towards a big goal. Decide on what your long-term goal or vision is and then really put it in your calendar for that 30 minutes a day so that you're doing something that will inch you a little bit closer every single day. So consider how your instincts align with your overall um, aspirations and whether they contribute to your desired outcome. And number 10, lucky last, is can I live with the potential outcome? So imagine the potential outcomes of of following your instincts. Ask yourself if you can live with the consequences, even if the outcome may not be favorable. Trusting your instincts often requires a level of acceptance and accountability. And that is so crucial. Just as a reminder again, 
We are all human. But as long as if something doesn't go according to plan with a decision that you make, you take accountability for it and you say, all right, what am I going to do differently next time? And that's fine. Remember that they're all learning opportunities. If we step in and we take away every single opportunity from a child, which goes back to be careful, don't stand on that. And, you know, we focus so much on the language that we use with children in our care. It's really important to make sure that we're using that language within ourselves as well and that we're giving ourselves the opportunity to fail, to try, to learn. Because if we're not trying, we're not learning. So these are just some questions to guide your self-reflection and help you tap into your instincts. So the answers may not very be very clear-cut at first, but they can provide insights to assist you in making more informed decisions. So again, trust your own judgment and intuition throughout the process. The information is coming from somewhere. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember, before you give up, you really don't know how close you are to success. So really keep going, never stop trying and never stop failing because when you stop failing, you stop trying. So thank you so much. Keep going out there. I've loved um, connecting with you all. And but just before we go, just a little bit of a story about, um, I, I, it's just some, I know I've been sharing it in little pieces, but Can I say I've been hearing from so many people in the sector, whether it's through our directors networking groups, um, whether it's through just conversations with clients and, and meetings. I've really loved seeing, hearing lots of different stories about how it's on the up and up and how they're finding amazing people to join their organizations. If you are clear, you believe in your people and your vision is there, you will find people that will align with your vision. There are people coming and I've, I mean, I've been to probably in the last even couple of weeks, I've visited at least five centers in the last two weeks that have had five ECTs. And it's insane, but they stay, they love it there. It's really, you know, like their second home, their family, they genuinely care about each other and their well-being. And they're challenged every single day, but they're also listened to, heard, allowed to fail. And they're supported in that failure because they know that that is how they learn. So really it is, it's on the up and up. So just know for everyone out there, um, I had someone say, oh, can we talk about staffing? Can we talk about how we recruit? But just, I think the what, remember we talk about like what you focus on is what you'll get. So focus on the amazing, just like last week's episode, like focus on the amazing people that you already have in your organization. Build them up ensure they have an amazing experience and that doesn't mean just um, you know all positive and build them up they need to know that and they need to be challenged as well so really bring them back and say hey I've noticed that this and this how can we support you to get here because this is where we, we see that you can grow you have so much potential and we want to help you get there so look at all of those reasons with how why employees stay and it's so so true um, but otherwise I do want to let you know that it's on the up and up there are people out there they're coming everyone's um, getting more and more excited and I am just so privileged to work with so many amazing clients and to visit such amazing services so thanks again for listening to today's episode if there are any topics remember on our website www.platinumed.com.au we do have that ask us 
just anything button. And until next week with our episode on um, crafting your unique philosophy, um, I will catch you then. But just a reminder to keep making every moment count. Thanks for listening to the Everything Early Childhood podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. We read them all. (laughs) To catch all the latest from me, your host, Lisa Brown, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Lisa Brown underscore Platinum Ed. Thanks again for listening. Keep making every moment count and I'll see you next time.